Welcome to Second Chance Church with Pastor Derek Aldridge. Praise the Lord, everyone. Truly, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm available to the Lord today. I don't know about you. If you're available, just lift your hands and say, Lord, I Give us a sin that you purify our hearts and our minds. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Our storage is empty. And all we come today saying we are available to you.
Father, we thank you for your goodness. God, we thank you for your grace. Oh, God, we thank you for your faithfulness. Oh, God, this is our prayer today. God, we're asking, God, that you would move by your divine anointing. Yes, God. We ask that you would move by your divine spirit. Yes, Lord. And that you would do what you do best, God. That show up and show out. So, God, we're asking that you forgive us of our sin. That we confess there's something we may have done or thought about. That that was displeasing in your sight. But we're asking now, God, that your blood would cover, that your love would cover, and that you would receive our praise on today. Oh, God, what a wonder you are. Oh, God, what a magnificent God you are. We come for no other reason today but to lift you up, but to glorify you in. You said that I. Second Chance Church to our, our worship service. For those of you that are here this morning, we thank God for you. And for those of you that are streaming in live, we thank God for you as well. God is an awesome God. He is worthy. He's worthy to be praised. So a couple of announcements. We will uh, be back on our food drive. Um, starting this Tuesday, and it will be in front of Beecher's Old Stadium at noon. Um, we thank God for the Beecher School District working with us on the food drive as well. And we really thank God for the Eastern Food Bank. And then we're going to be on uh, Friday back at Hallwood Plaza. Um, we're grateful that since um, July 24th, 
we received a letter from um, the Eastern Food Bank. And since July 24th, we've, we've serviced 20 trucks, which amounted to 426,000 pounds of food and over 355,000 meals that we have served with the volunteers that have helped to work and with the glory of God. And so I just give God glory for that today, for allowing Second Chance to partner with the community and just serving those that are in need right now. And I just ask you to, if you can't be a part, you can go on and send us some, some money from the to our recovery account to help us to keep moving. That doesn't include diapers that we've given out. That doesn't include masks. And that doesn't include water that we've given out. That just includes just food. So we thank God for Jesus and for allowing us to be a part of his ministry. As we prepare, and again, I want to make sure I thank all of the volunteers, every one of you that have come out and helped and to be a part of serving the community. As we prepare to go into communion, get your communion ready, and we're going to read the scripture concerning the Lord's Supper here. Whatever you have, if you don't have juice or whatever you have. Get your communion now. We want you to know that we love you. We're praying for those of you that are not feeling well today. We are praying for those of you that are feeling lonely in this season and in this time. God is awesome God. He's there with you. We thank you for family and friends that are streaming in live. We thank you for all of your comments. We want you to share this service today. We appreciate all of your comments. All of the love you show, we thank God for you. part of our service right now is communion.
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this is the cup, the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. The Bible says everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat or drink bread or drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. Shall we pray, Father God, we thank you for your words. We thank you for what your word reminds us, that we each need to examine ourselves. So first, Lord, we want to ask you to forgive us for our sins. And Lord, we thank you for... Jesus who hung and died on Calvary's cross and rose again that salvation has come to us now and that we have a right to be saved so Lord we ask that whatever we're drinking of today and whatever we're eating of today that you cleanse it with your blood we thank you for the victory of Jesus rising on Calvary's cross to this we give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take ye. This represents his broken body. Drink ye all of it. For this represents the blood that is shed for the remission of all of our sins. Let everyone say amen. Amen. Jesus.
one day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. I know it was the blood for me. Turn with me to the book of Psalms, the first chapter, verses one through three. Psalms, first chapter. We thank God for you, those of you that hung with me through the entire book of Jonah. Someone questioned me about why did God let Jonah go out like that? told them that God is a mysterious God and he's a free will God and that you can give your life to God but if you decide that you don't want a relationship with him you don't have to have a relationship with him and that was the essence of the story of Jonah Jonah left mad <laughs> and, and the story ended so we're going to, today we're going to Psalms First chapter, we thank God for Minister JT and our musicians and those that are in our congregation today. God bless you. We love you. We thank you for being here supporting us. Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3, a familiar scripture. No, I'm going to start with verse 3. He is, he is like a tree planted by the streams or rivers of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. We're gonna talk about seasons this day, seasons. Father God, we thank you for your word today. We ask that your word go out with power so that somebody might be healed, delivered, saved, and set free. In the blessed name of Jesus, we pray and we give you thanks. Amen. Seasons. I've been noticing here in Michigan that the season is changing. I was in my backyard yesterday and I was looking at the trees and how the trees were responding to the new seasons coming in. And we as Michiganders can tell what season is coming by how the trees are responding. The changing colors of the leaves gives us an indication of what season that we are in. One of the most valuable lessons that any believer can learn in life is changing seasons and positioning. Changing seasons and positioning. Seasons and positions can determine our destiny. The people that we hang around and the environments that we live in can have a powerful impact on how we see ourselves and how we see our future. Where we are has amazing impacts on who we are. And who we are can be determined by what we're going to get. It's God's desire to bless you and I and to meet our emotional, physical, and spiritual needs. When you walk in the blessings of the Lord, there is nothing more powerful than being where God wants you to be. And whenever the enemy tries to uproot you from where God plants you, is nothing but an attempt to rob you of your blessings. Now remember, the blessing is being in the place where God has positioned you. That's why Psalms 1 is so important, because it deals with association. Listen to verse 1. Blessed, Hebrew word meaning happy, 
is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Mockers are somebody who is always talking arrogantly and boats all the time. But it says in verse two, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. That word law is the Hebrew word Torah, which means that you meditate on the entire word of God. Not only the first five books of Moses, not just the prophets or the Old Testament, but it really means the entire Bible. And so what this is saying is that we have to delight, enjoy, take pleasure in studying the word of God. We have to meditate on the word of God over and over again. And when we talk about this person who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, it's not that this person is better than anybody else. It just means that he's spiritually selective about the company he keeps. See, my vertical relationships determines my horizontal relationship. My relationship with God determines my relationship with others. In other words, God becomes the standard by which I measure all human relationships. And because God loves me and cares for me the way he does, he's the paradigm. He's the standard by which I should judge my other relationships. So how could I be loved by God like he loves me and let you play me like you do? So when I meditate on God's word day and night, I realize how blessed that I really am. And when you realize how blessed you really are, it's at that moment that you stop tolerating foolishness in your life. When you realize how blessed you are, you'll stop getting caught up in things that are inconsistent with God's word. Your blessings are not determined by the size of your pocketbook. Your blessings are not determined by the make and model of the car you drive. Your blessings are not determined by the square footage of your home or your paycheck. Your blessings are determined by your relationship with God. You can lose everything but not lose your mind when your relationship is right with God. When I am where God wants me to be and doing what God wants me to do, I can be sure that I will walk in the blessings of God. The psalmist declares in Psalms 1 and 3 that he is like a tree. The psalmist says that when you're in proper relationship, vertically and horizontally, you're compared to a tree. But the tree is a metaphor for his life. And this tree that brings forth fruit is a productive tree. It's a blessed tree. The first thing we need to realize is that the tree has been planted strategically. The psalmist says he's like a tree planted by the river or the streams of water which means that God has predestined where he's going to plant us. It's no coincidence. It just did not happen. God providentially navigates circumstances in our lives. to push. He, he does this to push us to places where he wants us to be. Because oftentimes, if he would leave the decision up to you and I, we wouldn't go. So God will make it where you and I have to go. He plants us. This word plant is a Hebrew verb. It's a participle, which means to take root. It means to become firmly established for purpose, for stability, for nutrition, for growth and production. When God plants me, he had growth on his mind. 
When God plants you and I, he has our well-being on his mind. And God does not necessarily plant me for what is happening right now. God plants me for things that are coming into my life. So this Hebrew word for plant means to transplant. In other words, when you're planted by the rivers of water, the Hebrew word is that you were transplanted by the rivers of water. It means to take a plant and dig it up and move it to another place, another, another environment that is more conducive for growth and for survival and for stability. It's like taking a wild tree from out of a barren land, out of conditions that are not designed for its growth and to move into another environment with rich soil and proper sun. It means all God does is he looked at how jacked up our lives may be and how miserable our existence may be. And God comes and he uproots us and he transplants us to a place where we're supposed to be. Think about how miserable your life used to be and God could have given up on you. But God says, I see purpose in every one of you. And so I'm going to take you out of this mess and I'm going to transplant you and I'm going to move you to a positive environment where you can all grow. All of us in this room are transplants. All of you that are live streaming are transplants. Just think about where God transplanted you from. Just think about some of the mess you were in when you found the Lord. Because if you were honest, you would go on and say that none of us had no idea. So none of you had no idea of some of the things that I used to do and where I used to hang out. But when you give your life to Christ, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, 5 and 17 says If any man or any woman be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So he plants us on a solid, authentic foundation. Because if we plant ourselves, our foundations are going to be shaky. God plants us where we can grow and be fruitful. And wherever God plants me, he's got enough to sustain me. That's what the enemy learns when he messes with you. That you're not the same as you used to be, so now your, your foundation is solid. Because of who you're in relationship with. The devil thinks you're going to fall and roll over and cry like you used to. But think about this. Through all the drama in your life, through all the haters in your life, through all the setbacks in the life, through all the hell and high water that you've been through, there's one truth that you can claim today that I'm still here. And somebody ought to thank God this morning. That's shouting news that you're still here. Anybody grateful that you're still here? And the only reason that you're here is because you're planted on a solid, authentic foundation. The psalmist says he's like a tree planted by the rivers or streams of water. Water in the Bible symbolizes the anointing. Some people have been in church 50 and 60 years and never had the anointing. The anointing is the very power and presence of God upon your life. When people see you, they when people see you, they don't see you. They see God. Is God super on your natural? Yeah. Is God's moving in your life in ways you don't understand? 
People often try to understand things from an intellectual perspective. People ask me sometimes, how do you come up with sermons? It has to do with God's anointing. Sometimes I can't even comprehend what I'm doing. Some people can sing through talent, but when somebody comes along like Mr. JT that's anointed, they sing and it takes you to the very presence of God. So remember that the rivers of water represent the anointing. When you get a chance, read Ezekiel 47. The prophet Ezekiel sees water running under the door. At first it's ankle deep, and then the Bible says it goes on to be knee deep, and then it goes to his waist, goes to his waist, and his waist deep, and then it goes over his head. It symbolized the progression of how the anointing covers the prophet's life. How much of God are you willing to handle this morning? Some of us just want ankle deep. That's just that's enough, Lord. Some people are knee deep. They, they have a good prayer life. Some people are waist deep. They have good discipline. But some people are like, Lord, I want it all over me. Somebody today ought to want the anointing all over them. So everywhere you go, the devil just steps back out of your way because you got the anointing just covering you all. You just greasy with the anointing covering you all over your life. Is there anybody out there that just feel like you want to be greasy today? Remember when John 7, 37 and 38 said on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Verse 38 says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow within them. That means out of him shall flow an anointing. See, we know Jesus Christ. But Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ means the anointed one. So when Jesus was in a human flesh and he was crucified on the cross, we know that blood came streaming down from his head. But when they pierced him in his side in John 19:34, my Bible says there was a sudden flow of blood and water. So water represents the anointing. So if I plant myself if, so if I planted myself, I would plant myself by that which feels good, but it's not always good for me. The, re the river represents that which is flowing. Now check this out. If it's flowing, then it suggests that this tree is planted by anointing because the anointing is always progressive. When God plants you, he always plants you by that which is progressive, that which is moving. That's why when you have been planted by God, you would get irritated, you get agitated, you become nauseated by people in your life who are trifling. When God plants you in a progressive environment, you can't deal with people who have cesspool mentalities. You can't deal with people who are always complacent and they never think progressive. I'm always trying to figure out how we as a church, a living organism, can be more progressive. How we can pay our bills and increase our tithing back to the community. 
because I don't have time to sit around and think about nothing. Nothing. I've already wasted too much time in my life. You have to be a progressive person in this season because if God is progressive, then anything that is tied to God has to be progressive also. That's why you know when you're getting closer to God because you get fed up with trifling people. See, I don't always want to be the smartest person in the room. I don't have to be the person that knows everything. I need some people around me that are smarter than me because iron sharpens iron. I need some people to stretch me and motivate me. If I'm going to be progressive, I am always thinking about how we can make our community better and our community safer. If we're a church and are going to continue to be progressive, we have to figure out how we can still help the least, the lost, and the left out, not with handouts, but with hand ups. Even in this pandemic, if the church is not being progressive, then the church is dying because a living organism is always growing and the church is supposed to be a living organism. You have to keep people coming back. You have to keep asking God to show you how to be progressive so people come back because none of us know what's going to happen from Sunday to Sunday. You can't have the first reverse Baptist church mentality. Can I repeat that? You can't have the first reverse Baptist church mentality. We need to all be moving forward towards the things of God. You have to be able to think out of the box you got to do non-traditional stuff. You've got to be innovative. We have some of the most progressive people I've ever seen. I pastor people that think out of the box, that dream stuff, that make people scratch their head. People that say, I believe that I can do what God says I can do, and I can have what his word says that I can have. People that believe that you can do exceedingly and abundantly more than any you can ask or think. I'm talking to people that are so progressive that they're not satisfied with renting. They want to own the whole apartment complex. They don't want to walk on the car lot talking about buying the car. They walk on the lot talking about, I want to buy this whole dealership. Anybody listening that's progressive this morning? Anybody thinking ahead right now in their lives? You see, you can't afford to sit at home acting scared right now. You have to go after what God has promised you. Go after your dreams right now. Just be safe, but don't stop. But don't stop. Don't live in fear from something you can't control. Just be safe. All right. All right. All right. All right. So when the anointing is flowing, then it means it's progressive, but it's also pure, because as a river or a stream or tributary flows, it flows downstream. And when it flows downstream, it carries trash and debris with it. The anointing moves the trash. And don't act like you don't have no trash in your life. Don't, don't act like when God uprooted you that you didn't bring some of that old stuff with you. But thank God that the water moves the trash out of our lives. See, some of you, you still crying over the trash that the river moved downstream, but you ought to be waving at it goodbye because it's not coming back. I'm talking to somebody this morning, but then the anointing also has power. River and streams always flow in one direction and they cannot be reversed. 
The currents of the river sometimes are so strong that you don't step in unless you intend on going in the direction that the river's going. You have to flow with it. Tell somebody today, flow with it. I'm going somewhere. When the power of the river begins to flow, you're flowing with the anointing. And there are some people that try to fight the anointing. But I don't know about you, but I want to be where the power of God is. I want to be where miracles are breaking out. I want to be where blinded eyes are opening. I want to be where deaf ears are opening up. I want to be where people are, that are crippled come, come in crippled and leave out walking. I want to be where people have been written off, but they come back stronger than they left. If you're going to operate under the power of the anointing, then you're going to have to flow with it. Somebody say flow with it. I'll be like a tree planet. So now remember that when God plants me by the rivers of stream, he plants me with purpose. The river of water represents an anointing. And we discover that anointing that is flowing is progressive, uh, a purifier, and it also has power. So now that I'm strategically in place in the place that God wants me to be, I'm now ready to produce in my season. When I'm planted by what is flowing, I'm guaranteed to be growing. See, there's something powerful implied in this text. That if the tree brings forth fruit in its season, it must be willing to endure the normal course of fatigue in the off season. Because no matter how spiritual you are, it can be difficult waiting on your season. Some of the toughest moments in your life can be when you're waiting on your turn to come. You're watching everybody else's turn show up. And I know you're not a hater. I know you're a celebrator. But let's be real about it. It can be hard waiting on your season to come. But God told me to tell you to be not weary and well-doing. Because in due season, you will reap if you faint not. So just keep walking in your season. Because since you're planted by an anointing, you have the ability to be fruitful. When your season comes, you are going to produce fruit. It's a natural part of who you are. And nothing can prevent what God has set in motion. If it's orange season, then it's orange season. When it's pear season, then it's pear season. In Michigan right now, it's pumpkin and apple season. You don't have to like apples, you don't have to like pumpkins, you don't have to like leaves, but you can't stop this season. Some people are so stupefied that they think that they can sabotage your season. But I wish you would just text somebody later and tell them that it's my season, Pumpkinhead, and you can't do nothing about it. No devil in hell can stop what God is getting ready to do in your life. It doesn't matter what you say about me. It doesn't matter what you do to me. If it's my season, it's just my season. And I can't help it if I'm just blessed. It's just my season. See, our problem is that we always let somebody get under our skin about what they say and think about us. But what you need to learn how to say is that you would not even be talking to me if it wasn't my season. What you ought to be doing is thanking them for free advertisement. If it's apple season and you don't like apples, then why don't you just make somebody else an apple pie? 
If it's pumpkin season, you might as well get over it because if you don't like pumpkins, just carve a face in the pumpkin and sit it on the porch. But you can't change what season it is. So then, if it's my season, it's my season. What God has for me is for me. So then my potential is sustained. Because the character of the tree has the ability to survive adverse situations. Notice what the text says. It leaves, its leaves shall not wither. See, trees are like humans because trees have attacks on them to test them. In other words, you're not going to be that blessed and never have to go through nothing. Some of you are walking around talking about there's something wrong with my marriage. Why is the devil attacking my job? Why is the devil attacking my health? What you don't realize is that your blessings attract attacks, which means that if you're not being attacked, uh, being attacked you might not be in position. The text says, leaves that are on the tree shall not wither. This is a different kind of tree. You have to see this in the spirit. This tree is a tree that God has planted where God wanted it to be. And if you're where God wants you to be, your leaves will not wither, which means all year round, leaves are gonna be on your, your tree. Leaves represent possibility and potential. Leaves are indicator that fruit is next. On a barren tree that bears fruit, before fruit crumbs, that tree will have to grow some leaves before it's going to produce fruit. Regardless of what you've been through, God will give you some leaves in the off season. Even when it looks like stuff is not happening for you, God will give you evidence that something will be happening for you shortly. Leaves represent potential and possibility. God says, I want somebody to start thanking me for the leaves I left in your life. You may have lost your job, but thank God for the leaves because you still got your mind, you still got your vision, you still got dreams, you still got a portion of your health and strength, you still got something to work with. As long as there's a leaf, you will prosper in any situation. The psalmist says, here's the validation of being where God wants you to be. Whatever you do shall prosper. As long as you are in position, if I'm by the river that's flowing, means I'm by the anointing, which means that when God transplanted me, now whatever I do must be in his will. So whatever I do in his will is going to prosper because God is not gonna bless your drug business God is not going to bless your pole dancing. God is not going to bless your twerking business. God will only bless that which brings him glory. That's why I come to declare today that God says he's about to release abundance and favor over this house and over everybody that's listening today. God's about to bring abundance and favor to your house today. Tell yourself, I'm glad that I live streamed today. Tell yourself, I'm glad you made it here today because there's abundance and favor coming in your direction. Now, I know some of you have a hard time using words like abundance and favor because all of us have been preconditioned to talk about what we don't have, 
We've been preconditioned to talk about lack and broke and depressed and what I'm growing through. But every now and then, you have to start rehearsing in your spirit that I have been transplanted. I'm not a tree that's dying. This is my season for abundance and favor, which means that there is increase coming over my life. Abundance wipes out lack. Favor grants what does not make sense in my mind. I come to speak it over somebody's life that you're about to walk into a season where God is about to release blessings over your life. You won't be able to explain it to your family and friends. They'll look at you and wonder how somebody like you got the blessing you got. And the only response that you're going to say is abundance and favor. I wish I had a witness in here. God told me to tell somebody that you've struggled long enough. You've been faithful. You've kept enduring while people talked about you and laughed at you. You've been struggling through this pandemic, but you continue to give God glory. You continue to support the ministry with tithes and offerings. So God told me to tell you because you were faithful over a few things, he's about to make you ruler over many things. And God says whatever your hands touch, he's going to bless there's so much favor over your life that the people that know you are going to be blessed just because they know you. I wish I had a witness listening right now. If you would just touch three people in the spirit, if you would just call out three people's name in the spirit and just tell them there's favor on you. I release it in the atmosphere. I don't care where you are right now. Shout favor, favor, favor. Whatever we do, God's going to bless. That's why we have to acknowledge him as the father. We're, we can't sit around like we got it going on, but I declare that you're going to be blessed. Blessed on your job. Blessed in your family. Blessed in your finances. Blessed in your health. Blessed in your career. God is about to raise you up. But I come to declare today that you ought to have at least some tree sense. Can I tell you what tree sense is? You see, the tree that's in the desert, because there's so little wind, and because of the elements are so difficult, all those trees do is just stand still. But then when God snatches that tree up and takes it out of a negative situation and transplants it by the rivers of water, then the breath of God begins to blow over the river. When you look at the trees planted by the rivers, they're always moving. If you're sitting at home with somebody right now, I'd like for you to apologize to them and tell them, excuse me, if my praise offends you. Tell them I'm just responding to the breath of God. I feel a fresh wind blowing, and I feel God about to do something in my life when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me. I just wave my limbs. Somebody ought to give him some praise right now. Somebody ought to give him some glory right now. Come on and open up your mouth and tell him thank you. I feel a fresh wind blowing. Somebody wave your wings and claim your victory. Shout abundance and favor. Ain't he all right? Didn't he wake you up this morning? Didn't he start you on your way? Hasn't he provided you food and clothes? Just wave your leaves at him. Claim your victory. Somebody tell the Lord, thank you. Somebody tell you, Lord, thank you. He just keeps on blessing us. 
He's got abundance of favor for your house today. Think about that. Think about the blessings. Don't think about nothing negative that's going on in your life right now. Just think about how God good has been to you. How he's watched over you. How we've lost some people. But how he spared you. God has been so awesome. God has been so awesome. He just shows us favor every day of our lives. He just grants us favor. Somebody ought to praise him right now. Somebody ought to just shout glory right now. Somebody ought to just lift their hands right now and wave their limbs. Victory!
Thank you for tuning in to Second Chance Church, The Praise Factory.